Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today my guest is Tammy Bomush, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Tampa, Florida. She's been teaching for about eight years, and she's also uh, conducted research into the effects of the Alexander Technique, and in particular, um, the effects on... Um, she's been interested in the implications um, for posture of devices like uh, smartphones and iPods and that sort of thing. And we're going to talk uh, today about, um, very briefly, about her study and, and about some of the implications of what she's learned for parents of, of children. So, Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you. Um, pleasure as well. Thank could, you. Could you begin by giving our listeners a very short definition or description of the Alexander Technique? Sure. The Alexander Technique is an educational tool used to improve health and posture. And the technique, because it's non-intrusive, it's highly effective, and it encourages the recognition of habits that interfere with the body's optimal functioning. Okay, good. And you uh, have, have done a study, and I know there'll be a link to that study on your website, which we'll put by the interview, yes. about the effect, um, really about what today is kind of called te the text-neck epidemic. Right, right. Um, could, you, could you just give our listeners a very brief summary of, of what, what that study showed, and then we'll move on to the implications of that. Sure, absolutely. We actually referred to it as eye posture in my study. I didn't, I didn't coin the term, but that's a term like with the that's, iPhone culture. That's good, so, a good term. That's yes, a good term. it is. It is a good term. I didn't invent it, so I can't take credit for it. But uh, we looked at two populations, one that was a more vulnerable community or a low income, and another was more affluent. And we looked at it the prevalence of devices. And we found that there were more devices in the affluent community. And we looked at the type of devices that were the iPhones or just the smartphones and um, TVs, computers, and iPads. Mm -hmm. And we looked at how much usage there was. And we found that the more affluent community ended up using um, the devices uh, more. And, um, but we were starting to see uh, a rise of the iPhone usage or the smartphone use in the low income uh, population as well. So that means that nobody is sort of safe from uh, the negative implications of technology. Mm -hmm. And what we found were that the students that were in the more affluent um, group, they had uh, the more technology usage, the lower exercise, exercise levels, and the higher fast food intake, which led to generally worse posture overall. Mm -hmm. So as you say, no, today um, most kids have smart, have devices, let's right. say, yes. and some may use them more than others. Um, yes. But the, there's, your research has shown, certainly indicates that there are some downsides to that. And I, and yes. of course the term text neck is out there. As, yes. as the new thing to worry about. So right. um, before we get to um, wh what are some practical 
implications of of your study for parents of yes. of small kids. I think we should just talk briefly about um, your. You have two uh, young children yourself. Yes, yes, I do. And what are their ages, and what have you noticed about uh, what's going on with them? Well, I have a daughter that just turned two, and another daughter that will soon be turning four. And I've certainly noticed a huge change in their posture when they were young, um, and I was, you know watching them and so proud that my daughters had such beautiful posture and every activity on the floor was either in a full squat or um, they were sitting upright. And I just thought, oh, they're just going to be like this. You know, I'm going to make sure that they don't engage in any uh, behaviors that lead to poor posture. And so I was enjoying this up until they turned about a year and a half. And when they both started preschool, I noticed a significant change where they were depending on the chair. They were leaning on the back of the chair. They weren't sitting and using their muscles in their back on their own. And it was obviously, as an Alexander Technique teacher, this was very upsetting to me. But it's kind of like you have to accept that this is this is the world. So it's not about eradicating technology and, and trying to isolate or shelter them. It's about learning to find ways of maintaining good posture and 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 trying to promote better choices mm-hmm. and the whole issue of chairs uh and their effect on on small children that's also uh, been discussed um in actually another podcast of mine in in particularly in great britain and ireland there's a very major move on to ban um backward um uh, chairs oh, um chairs that are forward what is it back backward uh, the surface of the chair is backwards oh yes mm-hmm. and which is very harmful for children and a lot of chairs yes. are like that and there's quite right. a quite a little movement on uh, about that that has affected a number of schools but so but you're saying just chairs in general do represent a, a challenge for, for children. Sure. Not to mention adults, but for, yes. for children, for sure. Absolutely. So, um, and I, I guess your kids are too young to be uh, on, on the Internet yet, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I they like to watch their videos. <laughs> right, right. So what are, some, what are some strategies you use as a parent and as an Alexander t- Technique teacher to help them navigate the, the environments they're going to be in mm-hmm. uh, as with as little damage to their inherent good posture as possible. Yes. Well, I know that children, just like adults, especially today, they're, um, there's a lot of stimulus around. There's a lot of things, there are a lot of things that interest them visually. So, and also as parents, we work and we, we get tired and we just kind of want to sedate them with either a phone or a, a film or something online so that we can have some time to do what we need to do. And that's very common. So I'm not going to sit here and say, don't do that because that's just the way the world is. But we can make better choices. So if your child is watching a video or they're watching something on the internet, 
make sure that what they're looking at is eye level so that we don't create what, what, what you call the text neck. We don't want the phenomenon where they're looking down because what ends up happening is that we bring our heads down towards the device. Instead, we should bring the device towards us. So you don't want it very close to their eyes. But what I often do with my daughters, I'll either prop a couple of pillows up there so that it's resting on that if they're looking at the phone, or I'll have them lay down for a little bit and either hold it above their bodies um, which that you know doesn't last long, but but my idea is to have them move around. I don't like for them to stay fixed in a certain position for very long. Mm-hmm. And when they are sitting in front of the computer, and I notice that they're rounding their back, then I'll just gently say to them, "Can you sit up? Can you think that your head is going up towards the ceiling?" And it's really just so exciting that children respond very well to that cue because for them, they don't have all of these sort of uh, preconceived notions of what straight looks like, which, you know, a lot of people think straight uh, is straight, but in fact, straight triggers a response which forces you to arch your back. So when you just say up and you sort of guide them into thinking that their head is like a hot air balloon going up towards the sky, they respond very well to that. And they have, because they don't have that many bad habits already, they are, are much more easily um, susceptible to going up, mm-hmm. like the right. desired way. Right. And, and, and with regard to the, the text neck issue, as yes. you say, the head's going down towards yes. the uh, device. Yes. It's what's also happening, and the really harmful part, is that the, the neck and upper torso's also collapsing in. Yes. And um, there is a, a branch, if you like, of the Alexander technique called body mapping, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are body mapping is basically just learning on yourself where certain key relationships are, like, for example, your head-neck relationship, how it works and where it is. And that's something that can be taught to kids like in about 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and can make a gigantic difference in how how they move their heads doing whatever they're doing. Uh, It it ought to be taught in kindergarten um, or pre-kindergarten, really. But um, I, I myself don't have a lot of experience working with small children directly, but I've talked to a number of people who said that uh, just just showing a, a small child where their head actually is located relative to their neck and how it can move from that point just has made a gigantic difference in how the child functions. Absolutely. And there are a few other key relationships. And kids kids are typically quite interested in that as yes. well. Yes. So, yeah. So, I absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, no, I agree. And I, I certainly, um, your emphasis on movement is, I think, spot on because you could be watching television, but you don't have to be fixed. You could That's have right. some mobility as you do so. What are some other things that, that you do with your kids that you would like to, tips well, that you like to pass on to other other parents? I really like the squat position, and I think that the more agile the child is and the younger, the, the more you can kind of teach them that, that position. 
Uh, I, I mean, I try to do it with my husband too. Whenever we we bend down, you know, to, to, to pick something up, we always remember knees. We always remember to use our knees to bend down. And I like to do that with my girls too. I And I really encourage and compliment. So when my youngest daughter, my two-year-old, she still goes into the squat. And it's just delightful, especially as an Alexander Technique teacher, to see your child going into a squat. And then my almost four-year-old will do the same thing. She'll see her sister do it. She wants to do it. She sees that she's getting a lot of positive feedback about that. So they'll play and, and uh, it's great. It's just great. There are little things that we can do. Uh, what the, what's so wonderful about the squat, it teaches balance. It uses muscles. Uh, you're not having that. Um, at that age, you're not yet having that rounding of the back. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just such a wonderful um, position to, to encourage your children to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, of course, you're talking about a squat with the feet flat on the floor, yes. though, not yes. on, on their toes. And right. I mean, that's something that Alexander teachers working with adults will often try to help their students reclaim the ability yes. to do that. Um, yes. And it, there are cultures out there where, where adults do that all the time. Yes, but, they but eat like that. Though, yeah, they eat, they talk, they hang out because yeah. they, yeah. they don't bother with chairs. But, right. But um, in the West, not so much. Yeah, so, so that's a very interesting idea to actually make squat seem like a fun thing to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which it is actually. And, it is. And it's as, wonderful. And it is, you say, it encourages everything that we'd like to see. Uh, yes. You know, a, a lengthened uh, back, um, full use of the joints, everything really. It's a, yes. It's a, anything else that you could pass on to to parents? Well, I just I I wanted just to mention something um, and sort of reinforce what you stated earlier about children responding better to uh, body mapping and sort of uh, body intelligence, because Mm -hmm. I really think it's just inherently in them. It's inherently in all of us, but children are sort of closer to that because they're younger and they haven't been exposed to so much stimuli. Uh, What I noticed in the children in my study was that they were so interested. In, and I thought, you know, are they going to be interested in posture? Because adults, they think, oh, just one more thing to think about. No, thank you. And, you know, and, and posture is so important. And children, my, the children I study were just so interested in their backs. They were so interested in the squat. And I was just, I was so happy that this is w- what was what I saw in both groups. They were really interested. And I think that the parents become more interested when they see that their children are interested as well. Because ch- parents often think about posture as like, oh, I just want my child to you know, stand up straight. That's, that's their thing. I, I don't want them to slouch. I don't want them to you know, look like they're, they're not upright. And there are so many more implications to posture than just you know, standing or sitting upright. It, it helps with concentration. It helps with mood. It helps with health. It, it helps with so many aspects of our overall well-being. Yeah. And, and it's just so important to start paying attention to this now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's interesting that um, the founder of the Alexander Technique, uh, F. Matthias Alexander, um, always said that really uh, the technique should be for children, not for adults. He he said, you know, it's just the fact of life that uh, most Alexander teachers depend on adults as pay, you know paying students, and mm-hmm. but that really um, 
it's a relatively inefficient process with adults compared to children. And it is pretty efficient with adults, but yes. children can 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 latch on to these ideas instantly. And as you yes. say, they don't have all these preconceptions that they have to overcome that adults mm. do about That's right. correct ways to stand up and all the rest of it they're they're willing to play with ideas um yes and and is there's another thing that um that might have some implications for parents today um and that that involves the um people you employ as caregivers for your children either preschool faculty or someone comes into your home to look after your kids Alexander addressed that question very explicitly in one of his books. Now, bear in mind he was writing in the early 19th, 20th century, but he talks about parents who want to hire a nanny for their child. Mm -hmm. And he says most parents are going to just look for the cheapest nanny. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before people were worried about nannies with criminal records and stuff oh, like yeah. that oh, God, but he yeah. said they're gonna just they're gonna go for whoever's cheapest and they are not going to uh, uh, look at the nanny from the point of view of how is their posture and the way they carry themselves and move how how what does that look like because as Alexander said if the kid's hanging out with the nanny the kid's gonna get the nanny's habits Yes. The kid is the, the child certainly gets your your habits as parents. I mean that yes. that's pretty clear. And if you have a nanny that's constantly tensing their neck every time they do something, the kid's going to imitate that. And Alexander also said in that connection that kids not only imitate the adults around them, but they have an uncanny ability to, Im to imitate most strongly the most bizarre aspects of the people around them. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely see this in my older daughter um, with preschool. Sometimes when a, a teacher, uh, this is how we know that teachers raise their voices with them because she'll come home and all of a sudden she will, her face will be very fixed. She'll sort of respond in a very aggressive way and yell and we think where did she learn this from you know where did yeah. she learn and it's like you be quiet you sit down or whatever it is that they're saying but you think about and teachers they have their own stress so I'm not going to sit there and blame the teachers because they have classrooms with sometimes 30 kids or whatever they're dealing with but yes absolutely if they're not mindful of, of what they're doing with their body how they're yelling how they're straining or tightening their neck well we're teaching this to our children we are raising a culture of people that are responding in this way yeah so Absolutely. So I guess the advice for a parent would be um, take a look at the people yeah. who are teaching your kids. Yes. And, um, and this is a much harder thing, but take a look at yourself. Absolutely. And at your, Absolutely. your husband or your wife. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I get calls from parents. This is more for somewhat older children, maybe early teens type children and parents will call and say you know my, my kid's posture is terrible um can i send them to you for lessons <laughs> and i dread those kind of calls because yes. i know that what's gonna almost always 
emerge is that the child is imitating the person who's calling me or, yes. or their husband yes. or wife. So I I tell parent anyone who calls I tell them well first thing is you need to have some lessons yes (laughs) because if I don't tell them the the thing I just told you I'm more diplomatic (laughs) I just say because because your child will 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 more likely respond if they see you uh, practicing some of these ideas but it's that's the way forward Robert I think that's the way is educating from within the family we all have to be mindful I mean you know I lose my temper my husband loses temper that's just natural you should Mm -hmm. experience every emotion but you have to be careful about what you're showing constantly to your children what choices you're making and that's the beauty of the Alexander technique because the Alexander technique doesn't deny the fact that there's a lot of stimuli it teaches you how to stop pause and think about how you want to react to that stimulus right right you know and just to get back to mr alexander again i'm kind of going (laughs) on about him but he also said a very interesting thing not just that the technique really should be taught to children but he also said that the the level of training of a teacher that who would be effective in helping small children was way lower than for those who are going to teach adults that you didn't mm-hmm. have to you did have to have be able to have a rapport with kids obviously right. but right. that you know what i take from that is that if a, if a parent has a few lessons yes. there's no reason in the world why they can't use the alexander principles to help their children absolutely no reason in the world and it's probably going to be a lot better coming from that from them than yes. from some you know weird alexander te- teacher in a studio <laughs> right <laughs> so um so tammy is there anything we haven't covered that you want to include in in this conversation no this has been wonderful just really i think we went even further than i thought we would so this is really exciting I think we've I think we've kind of kind of covered a lot of the basics. Yes. Um my uh, guest today has been Tammy Bomish who teaches uh in Tampa, Florida. Um I'll be putting a link to her site by the interview and her site will have on it a link to her study of uh children and her eye posture study. And um, if you, if anything that intrigues you in this interview, uh, anything intrigues you and you live in the Tampa area, uh, contact Tammy. And I'll also put a link to a website that will tell you more about the Alexander Technique in general and will enable you to find a teacher in your area. Tammy, thanks so much for this. Robert, thank you so much. It was an absolute delight.